Hello, friends and family, or whoever's out there, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast for Monday, Wednesday morning. It's pretty busy today, so I got to kind of knock this podcast out. Feeling better. I'm over losing that sales deal. It took me a couple days to get over because I had worked with that company for 25 years, and they gave me the shaft. But when you're working in corporate America, that's what it is. You're never going to get loyalty And the sooner you understand that, the better off you are. Uh, And I think millennials understand that. You know, they jump from job to job because they know that there's no loyalty. We grew up in a different era. Um, Our parents kind of preached being loyal to companies because that's the way it had been for years. Um, But the way with corporations, um, you know, they only care about, and rightly so, I mean, this is how it's set up. They only care about their quarter to quarter profitability. And they can't have any loyalty to anybody. I'm talking about board members, presidents. Um, It has to get done or, you know, it is what it is. So when this company set up a rule, um, there was no reason to think that I should be able to get around it. Other than that, that's the way you used to be able to do it is you would, you know, make um, exceptions for people that you've worked with in the past. But it is what it is. I did let it go, but as you can see, like I haven't completely let it go. It still still annoys me. Uh, And speaking of annoying, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates continue to struggle. Uh, They have the second worst run differential in the major leagues, and they're catching up to Cincinnati. Um, I watched a little bit of Hunter Green yesterday. He's not a big dude like you would expect from a guy that could pitch 104. Um, He's just like a... You know, a normal-looking kid. I think he's a little shorter than Rowanzi Contreras. Um, but last night, he pitched a little smarter. Um, he intentionally took about five miles off of his fastball to give him a little more um, control. Uh, so he was throwing 97-98. And he did okay, you know. I mean, he had just been throwing batting practice up until this point. You know, like 102-mile-an-hour fastballs right down the middle with no movement on them. Um, you're not going to win like that. And then he was walking guys because he got gun shy, which is ex- exactly what happened to Bryce Wilson last night. Um, he gave up a double, a double, a double, and then he got gun shy, you know, and then he started nibbling and uh, just it was just a total disaster. Uh, the start for Bryce Wilson yesterday. I mean, he made a step forward and then he took two steps back. And now his ERA is back to 584, which is pretty much in line with most guys on the Pirates. Mitch Keller, I think, you know what? He's not the worst at 615. Um, I think that uh, there's somebody with a 7 ERA. It's hard to keep track, you know. JT Brubaker's ERA is up there. They're all up there. You know, I mean, the futility of this team is really somewhat historical other than the Baltimore Orioles last year who threw it, who kept running out guys that had really high ERAs. And then today um, we get the left-hander um, who's had a good year, but his career ERA is still 519. Um, so, you know, we uh, hear it as fans of the Pirates, if someone has a few good games in a row, um, we're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt as far as, hey, maybe they're good because we got nothing else to hang our hat on, literally nothing else. So, I mean, Dylan Peters is going today. Um, we don't know if he can do this all year and we don't know if he can stay healthy doing it. I mean, a lot of guys, um, they do different things um, and, you know, maybe they're uh, hurting their arm a little bit more by doing crazy things and being good for like 15 innings, which is what Dylan Peters did. I don't know. I mean, that's the one thing we have to see is 
can he do it all year? Um, you know, can he start out as an open? This is what you'd want to see from Dylan Peters. He starts out as an opener. You get him stretched out a little bit. He stays healthy, and he has an ERA uh, in the threes or the fours this year. And then you might have yourself a starting pitcher. And that is a lot to ask of a guy who's 29 years old with a 519 ERA. So, I mean, today will really tell you a lot about Dylan Peters because he's facing a good lineup. Um, it's hitting season so- somewhat. You know, it's going to be 70 degrees and sunny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's throwing, unfortunately, to a catcher. Uh, either way, you know, not the best catcher. Hopefully it's the guy that used to be on the Phillies because he has some experience. Um, this other guy they brought up from the minor leagues is not a good catcher, um, and he's not a good hitter. Uh, he either hits nothing or he hits home runs. You know, he's like an all-or-nothing guy. Um, pretty much like what you would get from Vogelbach, I guess, except Vogelbach doesn't play defensively at any position. So that's about where we're at. I mean, this team is so bad that it's hard to focus on any particular area of futility. They can hit, they can't pitch, and they can't defend. You know, so what do you talk about, you know? I mean, they could bring young guys up, but Swinsky's batting two oh five. Um, I You couldn't expect any more from Diego Castillo. But the fact is, he's a rookie, and he's batting 240-something with, um, with an ops at like 615, 616, something like that, you know? I mean, rookies are never going to save your team, uh, which is why um, a couple people on Twitter yesterday, I think it was Mitchell Nagy, uh, mentioned that um, we could be good next year because we could bring up Henry Davis and some other rookie. And, you know, I had to kind of point out, I mean, it sounds good in theory, but we know that rookies don't do very well. Even like the highest um, rookies, you know, I mean, nine out of 10 of them don't do well. But obviously you have a rookie of the year like the Reds had last year. Um, somebody does well, but it's usually like nine out of 10 guys don't. And this year, all the big name guys came up too soon and none of them did well. You know, whether it's Hunter Green or Spencer Torkelson or Bobby Witt Jr., basically the bigger the name, the worse they've been. So you can't hang your hat on that. And not only that, the minor leagues are just terrible. It's almost not even worth looking at them anymore. I mean, last year, our minor leagues were pretty good. I mean, if you think about it, um, Greensboro and Bradenton won their leagues. But I guess, you know, when you have um, very young leagues like that, it's very possible to do that. Because as soon as those guys came up to um, double A, um, unfortunately, they've gotten exposed, especially guys that I really like, like Nick Gonzalez and Matthew Frazier. I mean, those guys have done terribly, you know. Nick Gonzalez is batting 180. Matt Frazier's batting 150. Um, There's not much slugging there to speak of. You know, a lot of strikeouts, just a lot of bad at-bats. They're probably trying to hit home runs. You know, their swing is longer. And I've been saying that since day one. I have no confidence in the coaches to handle those guys. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it's always hear me now, believe me later, because I've seen this so many times because I've been watching baseball forever, you know? I mean, obviously, guys like Ben Sherrington don't stick around very long because the guy's over his head. He's very, like, sullen and smug and just, like, think about any adjective you could think about as, like, a guy that you would not want to hang around with. He doesn't communicate well. Um, I don't know what kind of system he's putting together. Uh, the, the coaches 
don't know what they're doing. I don't know if the right hand knows what the left hand is doing. I mean, as long as Ben Sherrington is in charge, I don't see this team going anywhere. I mean, they're really on the road to nowhere. Uh, and right now they're in the part where they head backwards, you know. So it's been one step up and two steps back with most of the guys in the minor leagues doing poorly. You know, anyone, anyone from O'Neill Cruz to those two hitters I just mentioned to even Andy Rodriguez in um, Greensboro has not been hitting that well. He's batting like 263 or something like that. But at least they have him catching every day now. I mean, it, it was really idiotic to have him and Henry Davis on the same team for the first month, unless you're just doing it for those guys to get to know each other. Um, because they're both catching prospects. They're probably not go, both going to make it. You hope that one of them will make it. And why not have them both catching every day? I mean, it's just common sense with this team. But, I mean, Ben Sherrington has bought guys off the scrap heap time and time again. It's amazing how long you could run a bad player out there. And when it comes to Cole Tucker... I mean, that futility is historic. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know if there's ever been a team that has run a bad player out there for so long, at least in the modern area, era, maybe in the 1920s, you know, when the Dodgers and um, Orioles were owned by the same owner and the Orioles were, um, the Dodgers got all the good players and the Orioles got all the um, like AAA players, maybe back then, you know. But I mean, to see this type of futility now, you know, that what we get from the um, Pittsburgh Pirates and Baltimore Orioles in the last 30 years is just really hard to believe. Um, and year in, year out, it happens. And I would say the Pirates have never been in a worse position in their history as they are right now because the um, major league team is bad, the minor league team is bad, and it's just like there's no hope anywhere. You know, I mean, you'll get a guy like Henry Davis who's doing well. What you would expect from the number one overall pick, you know, you would expect the number one overall pick is not going to be terrible in the minor leagues. And he's been pretty good, you know, and the guy might pan out. I mean, you never know who's going to hit in the major leagues, uh, just like those guys I mentioned, like Torkelson and whatnot. You never know if people are going to be able to make the jump, but He's done everything that they've asked, so you can't complain about Henry Davis. My problem with the draft last year is that where are all these other guys, you know? I mean, they're literally missing in action. Charrington doesn't say anything about it. We don't even know if they exist, like Brennan Malone. You know, they might be out there in the universe somewhere, just like floating around, like in space, <laughs> for all we know. I mean, they could be like, they could all be under a bridge somewhere doing crack together. We just don't know, you know? I mean, what in God's name? Um, it's like, where's Waldo, you know? Where are these guys? The rest of the guys we drafted. Bubba Chandler, no stats. Um, Anthony Solomedo, no stats. Lonnie White Jr., no stats. Braylon Bishop, no stats. I mean, these guys are, I assume that they're somewhere in the minor league complex, but why not play them? Because most of the guys that were drafted in the first round last year, and these guys were supposed to be first-round talents, most of these guys are playing in low A for their teams. And some of them are doing pretty good, like um, Marcelo Meyer and some of the other shortstops that were drafted last year. Even though they were high school players, they're in low A doing well. And we don't even get, I mean, at least give us something to root for, even if it's a low A player. Like, at least give us something to get excited about. Because 
really with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, we love Key Brian Hayes, and I get excited about him every game I get to watch him play. And he's very smart because he's doing what you have to do in today's game, which is hit the ball where they ain't, you know, especially if they're going to put a, um, a shift on. And he's batting 333. You know, he's just hitting the ball well. He's not trying to over hit the ball. He's not worried about his exit velocities. He's just hitting. He's hitting the ball well. And probably not because of the coaches. It's probably because his dad was a major league player and he's getting good advice, you know. Um, he's gotten good advice his whole life on how to hit. Uh, if anything, he's probably tuning out the coaches, which is a, probably a good thing, you know. So we have Key Brian Hayes. Remember we kind of talk about like who are the major league players on this team. Um, we have Key Brian Hayes. And as I told you, it was silly to worry about Brian Reynolds. I mean, you knew the guy was going to come around. Um, there were people that were more worried about Brian Reynolds than O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird how um, people will love prospects up until the point where they get on the team. And then after they're bad for a month, they hate them. Uh, and especially if, with your, if you're with a team for a period of time, you hate them. I mean, there's people out there that don't like um, Key Brian Hayes. And it's kind of unthinkable because he's, you know, the best player on the team and probably the best player since Andrew McCutcheon. But they'll find reasons not to like him. Like he doesn't hit enough home runs for a third baseman. I mean, who cares? He plays a great third base and he's helping your team win. He's hitting the ball. He's drawing walks. I mean, the guy is doing extremely well, you know? Um, so obviously those two players, we knew going in, were going to be good, but we were very happy when we extended key Brian Hayes and we stopped screwing around with Brian Reynolds as far as at least giving him some money for the next couple years. But after that, it always gets kind of funny, doesn't it? I mean, you got Bednar, who's a very, very, very good player, good young player, um, who I'm worried about Ben Sherrington trading him because Ben Sherrington is over his head. He has no idea what he's doing. And I could see people calling for Bednar because people are going to call for Bednar. And I could see Charrington just, you know, losing it and just like pulling the trigger on a trade for somebody like Marcano for Bednar. You know, I mean, it's never good trading a player for guys that might be players or might not be players. And as we know, with prospects, 90 percent of them are not players. I mean, we traded for, what, Carter Bins as a catcher, and he's batting like 140, and they gave him a promotion? I mean, this is the kind of futility that you get with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, it, it would be hard to believe if you didn't see it with your own eyes, you know? I mean, we're all excited about some first baseman who was 24 years old playing in Bradenton, who was way too old for that league. You know, and he started hitting the ball, and then he got promoted to Greensboro, which was what you would expect— and he started off good yesterday, but he's still a 24-year-old in Greensboro. And you can fool me once, you know, but you can't fool me twice as far as I'm going to wait and see what he does in double A for a full season or for a few months before I even really mention the guy. Because I've been extremely disappointed with Matthew Frazier, who was the MVP of Greensboro last year. And when he went to double A this year, he has been like a level of awful that is hard to imagine, you know, like he's completely gone back to his old swing. Um, but it's just, you wouldn't imagine that an MVP could be this terrible 
in batting 150 and having offers almost every game that he plays. I mean, he just not has even come close to getting hot. At least Nick Gonzalez will get hot for a game or two. Uh, Matthew Frazier has not done anything. And these were guys that I really had hope in if we were going to turn this thing around, you know? I mean, all of the prospects that we had hope in are doing bad. Lyover Paguero's defense is so bad that he's leading the league in errors. And the, the next guy after him probably has half the errors that he does. He's got 10 errors at shortstop. They're still running him out there. He's getting an error every game. It's really pissing the pitchers off, which I mentioned a couple of them DM'd me because they were frustrated because it's it's hard to like give extra outs. You know, it's just frustrating to give extra outs when you're a prospect and people are looking at your numbers, you know, and you throw a ground ball and it gets thrown away or booted. It's just frustrating. I don't see how they can keep playing Layova Paguero at shortstop. But you know what? I mean, we're still throwing Cole Tucker out there in the major leagues. Look at how long we threw Kai Tom out there. I mean, it's just insanely bad, you know? Uh, It's just, I don't know, like, how else to put it. I mean, the only way you can follow this team is to just laugh at them. I mean, that's the only way you can keep your sanity. I mean, there's people on Twitter that still want to be hopeful. Um, Good, you know... I guy that I consider, you know, a good colleague, um, Cody Duncan, uh, he wants to be positive, you know, and I don't blame him. You know, you want to be positive if you're following a team, but it's just getting increasingly difficult to do so, you know, because there's not a lot of good news out there. There's a lot of bad news out there. Um, the pitchers for Bradenton gave up like seven runs in the first three innings yesterday. The pitchers for Greensboro were bad, and they took another loss. Um, Altoona did okay. Um, And then there's a little bit of hope in a couple of guys in AAA. Uh, You know who's really coming around is Cannon Smith-Nigma, and I think he will get an opportunity. Um, At some point, you know, if we get another outfielder back or if we sign an outfielder off the scrap heap, um, you're probably going to have to send Jack Suwinski down. Because uh, he doesn't look like he's ready. He's batting 205. Um, and I think the next man up for an opportunity will be Cannon Smith Nigma. And I know he's a lot like, um, and nothing against Suwinski. He seems like a really good kid, you know. Uh, he just might not be good. Some guys just aren't good enough to make the jump. And Cannon Smith Nigma um, is a guy that has athlete in his family, you know. He's a guy that might be able to make the leap. And might be able to hang in there as good as Diego Castillo and maybe bat 240 or something his rookie year, which is all you can ask for from a rookie, you know? I mean, I don't think if we brought O'Neill Cruz up that he would bat as good as 240, only because he's not even batting that well in AAA, you know? Um, but there's certain guys that you think might be able to hang in there, you know, because they have the intestinal fortitude to do so. Um, and that's the problem, obviously, we know with O'Neill Cruz is that he just gets a little queasy, you know, like if he's on a boat, he better be taking a lot of Dramamine or we're all going to be throwing up looking at his at-bats, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, he needs a lot of coddling. Um, a guy like Hannah Smith Nigma is a tough guy, comes from a good background. I mean, obviously, he's a tough guy. He beat up some guy in uh, the Arizona Fall League last year, comes from a good background, a family of athletes. You know, he chews nails, you know, like 
um, at some point when we um, send Suwinski down, Cannon Smith Nigma will be the next man up. And I suspect, especially seeing what he did in the Arizona Fall League last year, that he might hang a little better than Suwinski. Um, the only reason they gave Suwinski the nod over him is because Smith Nigma was in Indianapolis for one, and Smith Nigma was struggling for two. And you can't bring up a guy that's batting 210, you know? Uh, and Suwinski was hot. So they gave him a chance. Um, I don't know how much longer it's going to last. Um, they're probably going to see how he does in the Red Series, I would imagine, you know? So after that Cincinnati Red Series, which is, should be a four-game series because the weather doesn't look too bad, a lot of the April showers are past us now. You know, we're into the May flowers and all that crap. Um, it should be um, a last opportunity for Jack Suwinski. And if he's still batting around 200, 210, they'll probably send him down and give Cannon Smith Nigma a shot if he's still hitting in AAA. Um, if Suwinski is had it hanging around 230, They'll probably let him stick around, you know? Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen. You just have to see what happens. So those are two things to keep an eye on. Um, keep an eye on Cannon Smith Nigma in AAA and keep an eye on Jack Suwinski in that Red Series. Um, in addition to that, um, there are a couple guys in AAA that should be able to help the major league team. Um, Roanzi Contreras is one who might be called up today. Um, Trey Mago is one who's going to be called up shortly. And there's a couple guys like Arms that might be called up, in addition to Rodolfo Castro, who might be called up. I mean, if they just cut ties with um, Cole Tucker, they'll probably bring up Rodolfo Castro. But I just don't understand why you haven't cut ties with Cole Tucker. I mean, it is unbelievable, you know? Uh, I mean, he has like a 374 ops. I mean, that's adding up your slugging percentage and your on-base percentage. I mean, that wouldn't be that good if it was just your on-base percentage, which means you're slugging zero. I mean, it is un the futility is absolutely unbelievable with this team, with this organization, with the general manager. I mean, I can't even blame the manager because he's got nothing to work with. And frankly, to be in third place, with the second worst run differential, he's probably out managing, you know, this team uh, as bad as that is, you know. I mean, you get mad that he doesn't play players every day, but maybe that's why this team is in third place, you know, because he's not overexposing everybody. And every time you do play, every time you cry about somebody not being played every day and they play him every day like Diego Castillo, I mean, he's batted what, like 190 in the last month, you know. I mean, that's just going to happen with guys. They're going to get exposed. And I think he knows that, you know. I mean, he comes from the New York Yankees system. I think he knows somewhat what he's doing. But, I mean, <clears throat> he's, he's not the, to blame. I mean, I see people blame the manager. And you got to look at the players you got to work with, you know. And he doesn't have much to work with. So, it is what it is. I tell you what, though. Um, we get to enjoy an afternoon game today, and at least that's something, you know? Like, at least they voted yes on the CBA, and we have something to complain about this summer. And you never know. I mean, the Pirates could pull this game out. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. But what I'm watching is Dylan Peters, because we want to see if we got something there. Um, How is he going to do against the Dodgers in a day game? Is he going to stay healthy this year? And is he going to be a piece heading into next year? 
<coughs> I'm out of breath from walking up the stairs. How bad is that? <coughs> anyway, gotta go. Busy day. Peace.